One of the biggest things that I've learned over my eight years of experience in youth ministry is that kids tend to get into trouble when there's downtime, when you leave them with nothing to do but try to find some way to entertain themselves. So in this episode, I'm going to give you five of my favorite time filler games that you can pull out of your back pocket. They don't require any props and the kids love them most of the time. And you can use it to keep the energy high, keep the kids having fun, and keep them occupied so they don't find other, less beneficial ways of entertaining themselves. My name is Michael Collins. This is Maximize Youth Ministry. This show exists to help you gain skill and confidence in youth ministry. Thank you for listening, and I hope you love the show today. The first game I'm going to tell you about, I call Finger Trap, but feel free to change the name or call it whatever you want. It's one of my favorite games because it's very simple, very easy to figure out, and I've played this game with second graders, and I've played it with adults, and everybody always loves it. All you have to do is get everybody to stand in a circle, and they hold their right hand out flat like they're a waiter holding a serving dish, and with their left hand, they point up at the sky. And then I tell everybody, okay, take your left pointer finger, and then put it in the hand of the person on your left. So you imagine everybody in the circle is holding hands, except for instead of holding hands, one hand, they're holding it flat and it has somebody else's finger in it, and their other hand is just their finger in somebody else's hand. I hope that's not too hard to understand. Uh, The kids will take some correcting. A lot of them don't know which left I'm talking about when I say their left hand, but typically it just takes about 15 seconds of correction and then everybody's got it. And then I get us all to agree on a magic word. Whatever that magic word is, the kids will come up with something funny. And I tell everybody, okay, whenever I say the magic word, you have to try to catch the person's finger, who's got their, the person who has their finger in your hand, and you have to try to escape with your finger from the other person at the same time. And so I'll usually give them a couple of false starts because they're very eager And I'll say, it doesn't start until we say the magic word. And then I'll go, three, two, one, go. And most of them will pull their hands or try to grab the person's finger. But a few who are listening will remember, okay, it doesn't start on go. It starts with the magic word. And then I'll play that up a bit and everybody loves it. And we can do it several times in a row because they usually want a lot of practice. And it's great for filling a couple minutes. If I need to fill more time, I'll say, okay, now we're going to switch hands. And your right hand is going to have the finger and your left hand is going to be out flat. So you're trying to do the same thing, but the roles are reversed. And now you're trying to catch the hand of the person on your left and escape from the person on your right. Hopefully that's not too confusing, but if you get the general idea, you should be able to figure it out yourself. If it's getting confusing, again, just imagine a circle of people holding hands, except for your right hand is out flat and has a person's pointer finger in it. And your left hand is just your pointer finger in somebody else's flat hand. Okay, game number two. Game number two is a game that I call interrogation. When I first learned this game, it was called monkey balls. But a lot of the kids I play with kept asking me, why is it called that? And I said, I don't know. So we just decided to call it interrogation instead. But if you like the name monkey balls better, call it monkey balls. Anyway, the way it works is this. You have everybody stand in a circle. And then one person says three, two, one interrogation. And then from that point forward, everybody can only speak in questions. 
If anyone says anything that isn't a question, they are out of the game. The person who started it, person one, says three to one interrogation, and then they look at anyone else in the circle and they ask them a question. We'll say that person is person two. So person one asks person two a question. Person two then can ask a question back to person one, or they can look at a, a new person, person three, and ask them a question. And it just keeps going until somebody says something that isn't a question, or asks a question that has already been asked that round, or takes too long to think of a question, or stumbles over their words, or in some way makes a mistake. Whenever you mess up in one of those ways, you're out of the game. And it just continues until it's just one person left, and that person's the winner. And this game is great because it doesn't require a lot of space, and it, people crack up. It's so much fun to play. It's not going to work as well with younger kids. You're going to want to do this with middle schoolers or older, but it is a great one to play. I've had groups of students playing this for over an hour before just because they loved it so much. One of my favorite things to do in this game is when somebody asks me a question, I just look at them and I say, what? And I hope that they, out of instinct, just repeat what they said because then they're out. It's hilarious. You've got to try this, even if it's just with your adult friends. It's still so much fun. Anyway, the third game that I've got for you, pretty much just rock, paper, scissors with a twist. I'm sure somebody else has thought of this before me, but as far as I know, I'm the first person to do it. So I'm going to go ahead and claim ownership just in case nobody else has thought of it. But what I do is I have all the kids line up on a starting line of some sort and I designate a finish line. Sometimes it's the other side of the porch or the concrete or wherever we're standing. Sometimes it's just whoever can make it to me first. But I tell them, okay, all of you are going to be playing rock, paper, scissors against me. If you win, you get to take a step forward. If you lose, you have to take a step backwards. And if we tie, you stay right where you are. And then I just start playing rock, paper, scissors, rock, paper, scissors, shoot, rock, paper, scissors, shoot. And they slowly start moving forward or backward. Now, the thing with this game is that when they win, they will take a massive step forward. And when they lose, they will take a tiny step backwards. So if I'm just trying to fill a minute, I'll let them do that. I don't care. But if I need the game to take longer, I'll tell them, all right, you have to step heel to toe. Whether you're going forward or backward, your toe, the step forward, has to be touching the heel of the other foot. So it shortens the steps and the distance and makes it even to where they're taking the same size step forward as they are going backwards. So there's a little extra tip for you. But this is one of my go-tos just because everybody already knows the rules of rock, paper, scissors. And as long as you have a somewhat flat open space, even just a room, you can play this game. It's very, very easy to explain and to jump into immediately. The next game is less of a game and more of a riddle. And some kids will love this and some kids will hate it. But if you need to do something that's a little quieter and lower energy, this is one to do. It's called I like coffee, but I don't like tea. Some of you may have heard of this already, but pretty much you just stand at the front where everybody can hear you and you tell them, all right, we're going to play a game. It's a riddle. You guys have to figure it out. Here's how it goes. It's called, 
I like coffee, but I don't like tea. And then you just start saying things that you like and things that you dislike. But you have to follow the rules of the riddle. And I'm going to give you some examples and then I'll let you pause the podcast to try to figure it out if you're somebody who likes riddles. So here are a few examples. You could say, I like shoes, but I don't like boots. I like leaves, but I don't like trees. I like lakes, but I don't like water. Okay, pause if you want to try to figure this out on your own. If you can't figure it out, I'm going to give you a hint. The answer is in the name of the game. Okay, if you still can't figure it out, I'm going to tell you. You like anything that doesn't have the letter T in it, and you dislike anything that does have the letter T. So coffee is spelled without the letter T, so you like coffee, and you don't like tea, right? You like leaves, but you don't like trees because they start with a T. Make sense? Very simple. Most people overthink it. And it's hilariously entertaining to watch people get frustrated. And some kids will just beg you for the answer. And other kids will say, no, don't, don't tell me. I have to figure it out. And then they'll start bribing each other. Some kids will figure it out before other kids. And then they feel extra special that they got to be the, one of the first people to figure it out. And then you'll find them doing it with their friends later on, too, or the younger kids later. It's great. And it's great to do this when you don't have space for them to run around or play a high-energy game. There's lots of riddles like this. I can give you more if you want to reach out to me through email or Instagram, or you can probably just Google it and find tons more. But a lot of them just follow the same basic principles. Okay, the last game is one of my favorite games of all time. And I got a lot of reasons for that. But... I have to confess, I kind of cheated. I told you that these games wouldn't require any props. This one technically does require a prop, but that prop can be anything that you can hold in your hand. I've done this with keys. I've done it with a spoon. I've done it with rocks. I've done it with stuffed animals. It's called One Fish, Two Fish, and it works like this. You have all the kids line up along a starting line, and then you go stand a little ways back in front of them. And you can decide how far you should stand. And that's one of the reasons I love this game. It's very easy to change the difficulty of it for the kids based on how well they're doing or their age. And one of the ways you do that is how close you stand to them. But you go pick a place to stand and you hold the object in your hand. The rock, the water bottle, the spoon, the ball, whatever it is that you're going to use. And you tell the kids, okay, you guys are trying to take this out of my hand and get it back across your starting line. But if I see you move, I'm going to tell you to go back and you're going to have to start over. But I'm going to close my eyes anytime I'm saying the phrase, one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. Okay? And they'll they'll have some questions. Um, Some of the rules that I lay out are, They are allowed to pass the object from one person to the other, but they are not allowed to throw it. If you let them throw it, the game will be over immediately. If the object hits the ground, then it automatically comes back to you or me or whoever's the facilitator gets the object back and everybody has to start over. And the last one is that as soon as they take the object out of your hand, and they are then working on getting it back across the finish line, 
every time you say the phrase one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish, and open your eyes again, you get to make one guess at who you think has that object. And if you guess correctly, then you get it back and everybody has to start over, not just the people who you see move. One of the reasons I love this game is that they have to work together if they're ever going to beat you at this game. If they just try to run out and do it on their own, you're going to get them every time because when one person runs out ahead and grabs the object from you, you know exactly who has it. They have to work together to conceal the object and pass it from one person to the other so that they can fool you. And again, sometimes they don't fool you, especially if it's little kids. You can let them win whenever. And that's part of the reason that I love this game so much is as soon as I need the game to be over, I can start going easy on them. They have no idea and the game ends right when I need it to. So it's one of my favorite. I hope I explained the rules clearly enough to you, but try it out. I've never had a group of kids dislike this game. I've had kids that hated every other game that I tried to get them to play, but this one they always love. And it works with kids of pretty much any age. And again, if they're older, you can make it more difficult, stand further back, be stricter on what you count as moving. And if they're younger, you can make it easier. Let them get away with scratching their nose. But it's totally up to you. It, you can be as flexible as you want to be. Anyway, I hope that these are helpful to you. It's always good to keep the kids engaged in something. A couple tips for when you're facilitating these. I always recommend end the game before it gets boring. As soon as you reach that peak amount of fun where everybody's super into it, then you want to do maybe one more round of this game and then end it. I know this sounds mean, but you want them to be disappointed when the game is over. And you might think, well, what if I have more time to fill? Use another game. I just gave you five of them. If you need more, you can find more online or reach out to me. If you, I'll send you more of my games if you want more. But end the game before they get bored of it. Because if you let them get bored, then the next time you try to bring that game up to you to play, they're not going to be interested in it. And you're going to have to wait a couple months before they forget about it, before you can use it again. So always finish when they're having the most amount of fun so that they're disappointed. And then you can introduce a new game or tell them, hey, we're going to play that again later. But just remember, love the kids all the time, no matter what. I'll see you in the next episode. I hope you enjoyed that episode. At the time of recording this, we have five reviews on Apple Podcasts and four on Spotify. I would love it if you could go and increase that number by one. It'd mean a lot to me and let me know that you are out there, you're listening, and you're enjoying the show. Thank you so much for listening.